Welcome to Ascension of the Chessmen, diving into the esoteric, occult, spiritual, and conspiratorial aspects of life, focused on solutions to the problems we face in our everyday lives. Let us ascend above all differences. Let us be the light in darkness, a breath of fresh air to those who can hardly breathe, and together awaken into greatness. This is Ascension of the Chessmen with your host, Andre Mitty. Welcome to the Ascension of the Chessmen podcast. I am your host, Andre Mitty. Today's guest is a teacher, spiritual seeker, and host of the Local Listens podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, hobbits and fairies, give a warm welcome to Jake Loco. Thanks for coming on, brother. Hey, Andre, good to see you, man. Happy, happy 2023. Happy year of the rabbit or the cat or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's good to see you, man. Huh. Excuse me. <laughs> good, to see- <laughs> good to see you, brother. Huh. Whoa. Yeah, that water went down the wrong pipe. It happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, you're the rabbit indeed. Um, I think it's going to bring some good fortune. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows what? They got up their sleeve, but I'm not going to let that get in my way this year and, uh, you know, keep on keeping on, um, you know, continue to advance and, um, you know, continue to grow, continue to evolve into our best selves. Right on. Should be a lot of rabbit holes too, you know? (laughs) Totally. Totally. Um, yeah, it's funny because I I just pulled uh, the spring card the other day, which has the rabbit on it. Um, and this morning I pulled the winter card, um, which is the wolf. And, uh, you know, I, I've been doing that a lot lately and the, the cards have really been speaking to me. Um, just telling me the message I need to hear for that day. And, um, I think to just kind of think about for the week or for a couple weeks, you know, through that cycle and, um, it's been really helpful as of late. So it's just something I've been up to, uh, integrating into my daily practice. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I usually kick my show off with this first question for every guest. So I guess for those who aren't familiar, Jake, can you explain what it is that you do? And I guess what woke you up to realizing maybe there's more to this life than you were originally taught or mm. thought? Love it, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my name is Jake. I usually go by Jake Loco. Um, and I, back in March of 2022, I started the Local Listens podcast. Nice. And I did about 27 episodes. And then I took a break for quite a while. Moved from Connecticut down to Texas. And I just started again. Um, it was literally like, you know, New Year's Eve 2022. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this podcast going again. Like I, I, oh, I've i yeah. been taking this break for long enough. So um, yeah, now we're up to episode uh, today will be, I think, 35. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Congrats, uh, thanks, man. I yeah, took a break as well, flow. dude. Much yeah. needed. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like a winter thing. You know, you got to like go into hibernation and get yep. your energy back. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, um, doing interviews on local listens and, you know, I like to chat with anybody. Um, there is definitely a psychedelic conspiratorial mystical, uh, even literary leaning on my show, but you know, I'm open to anything. I like to say, you know, um, I just want to hear people speak their, their truth. And so, 
Uh, it's a, a, a cool first question that you asked um, because on my podcast, I always ask people, when did you start to speak your truth? So it's cool. It's a different variation. I like and that. I like yeah, that. I may or may not have been inspired by you, Andre. But, uh, <laughs> so, um, hey, that's yeah. what I'm here to do. Yeah. <laughs> you are too, brother. Yeah. There's a couple different ways I want to answer that. I mean, for Just one thing, each other's candles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, there's a couple different ways I want to answer that. Because, you know, before I was even born, my, my older brother had this imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. And he would talk to him and like, this became like a normal thing. And then when I was born, uh, the imaginary friend just vanished. Like he just went away. And I always kind of wondered about that. Um, wow. when they finally told me like, Oh yeah, by the way, you know, you might be like the reincarnation of your brother's imaginary friend. I was like, that's kind of weird. But my uh, parents were, yeah. I mean, my, <laughs> my parents were, were both hippies. So like, I, I think they were open to that, uh, right. in a way. Right. Um, but then later on, I remember, um, I think I was about five or six years old and I was sick with a fever, like a strep throat, which ironically, you know, I spoke to Whitney Fox uh, a couple of days ago and she talked about, um, almost like a spiritual attachment where you get sick every year, like in a cycle. And for mm. me personally, it was strep every Same. year. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was like 15 or 16 that it finally stopped. But anyways, when I was sick, um, I'm sure you guys know uh, like that, that phrase, a fever dream. And I had this really vivid dream, um, which is giving me chills to think about now. But so yeah. it's a very Gemini themed dream. Like basically I was in my childhood home and everything was uh, grayscale, like black and uh, like it kind of looked like a chessboard almost, you know, like yeah. it was like a very, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. yeah. Right. There was Holy no shit. color. Uh, you know, it was, uh, so anyways, I'm walking around and there's in my living room somewhere, there's this mysterious spiral staircase. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like that doesn't really exist, but I wasn't lucid. I was just, you know, going through my dream. So I, I walked up the spiral staircase and, uh, opened this mysterious looking door and, in front of me was a bed with two lovely looking ladies. They were totally nude, posing kind of like Greek goddesses. And I was like, wow. And then I woke Whoa. up immediately. But like ever oh, since that, yeah, like I woke up from that and I was like, damn, where is this spiral staircase? I got to find this. Like it's got to be around here somewhere. So that kept me, uh, that sent me on this like seeking quest to figure mm. out what this dream was telling me and why. I imagined, quote unquote, imagined this imaginary staircase in my uh, house, even though it wasn't there physically. But mm. yeah, stairway to heaven. Yeah, right on, <laughs> right on. Or Jacob's yeah, that, ladder. <laughs> yeah, that that reminds me of uh, an experience I had with some mushrooms, uh, five grams in silent darkness. Um, and I, I almost thought it was like the Akashic record. Like mm. it was like this spiral staircase and it was like in a library with all these books and I could, you know, go to any book and open it up and ask it a question and I could, you know, find the answer immediately. And if I didn't like uh, the answer given, I could like shut that book and like go. Yeah. <laughs> If I saw where that was going, like if it was going down a dark road, I didn't want to go down. Mm-hmm. Like I could just shut that book and open a new one. But uh, yeah, it's a crazy synchronicity. Uh, There's a lot of truth there too. Like you can go down all these rabbit holes and do research or even just do like, you know, some self introspection, some meditation. And, yeah. you know, I, 
I think it's good to look at the the dark side. Um, you don't want to hang out there for too long, oh, but always sure. remember that you can close that book and go to a different chapter, different yes. library. You know, it's pretty cool. So true, dude. Couldn't, couldn't say it better myself. I think, uh, you know, that's, that's the balance. And that's what I had to find out early on when I was waking up was, you know, just like seeing no way out and just seeing all this corruption and the world's fucked and, you know, seeing no way out of that. And, um, I was going to church at the time, you know, thought the world was ending the Mayan prophecies and prophecies were coming real, uh, you know, getting into revelations and the Bible and all this. And I had grown up in Catholic school. So for me, like leaving that, I didn't know any other way to find God other than a church. Mm. So it, it was, you know, learning that lesson for me personally of, um, having sought out churches on my own after leaving the church I was brought up in and uh, realizing the church wasn't for me, at least the churches I had went to and uh, having a breakthrough experience um, with some LSD uh, in my early 20s that um, made me realize that this was what I was looking for as far as like this direct experience, this direct connection to something beyond myself or something within myself that I was searching everywhere for externally, but forgot mm. to look <laughs> right under my nose, you know, deep inside myself. And, uh, there it was. And, uh, so I stopped going to church after that. And my buddy started to get me into meditation around that mm. time. And, you know, just starting to, um, take my power back in a sense, you know, find my own sovereignty and independence and getting out of this codependence mechanism, this, uh, mind virus that's all around us, like, um, or like getting into this victim mentality, like mm -hmm. expecting everyone to feel sorry for you. And there's always someone else to blame besides yourself. Like, you know, not having any accountability or responsibility for, why, why does your life suck? Or why are you in this position? Why, why, why do these cycles keep happening to you? You know, why do the same people keep showing up? Um, you know, they may have different names, look different, uh, be totally different people, but there's a lot of similarities that you can't ignore. And, um, you know, just starting to become aware of these things and, um, just, coming to a place of awareness and presence throughout life. Uh, Eckhart Tolle was a big teacher of mine early oh, yeah. on in my spiritual journey. Uh, the power of now and new earth, my mm -hmm. goodness, like some of my darkest moments were spent reading Eckhart Tolle and that book just like totally brought me the fulfillment I needed. Yeah. You know what's ironic about him too? Like just from my own personal, um, experience with with his his writing is that i was reading power of now i think yeah it yeah. was that one um i was <laughs> i was on a a train going from connecticut to new york city to see my friend and oh, as we got closer and closer to grand central station um these messages and then even like on the subways from grand central to her apartment over in uh queens it was like i was given that real time task to apply what he was trying to teach us Literally. in the most absurdly overstimulating and overcrowded area in the entire world. And, um, wow. it was really cool. Cause like that was perfect synchronicity because, you know, if yeah. I'm, I've also read that same book, like in the quiet, in the grass, 
under right. the sunshine. No one's bothering me. Right. Uh, so it, was, it was really cool contrast there. Yeah. That is bad. Yeah. Total, total, uh, uh, how should I say this? Like, uh, survivor's manual or survivor's yeah. handbook for going yep. into NYC. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Celestine prophecy was another one I mm. read early on. I don't know if you've ever read that, but, um, you know, it goes through all these 10 insights in this, uh, hidden, uh, manuscript that the church was hiding. Cause they didn't want mm. the word to get out that we're all one. And they would, yeah, it kind of reminds me of the hermetic group. principles. Yep. Yep. Um, how, what is that one? The Kabbalion? That's a yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like where as above, so below comes from and all that. Yep. Yep. That was a great book as well. Uh, but Silstein prophecy would talk about synchronicities. Like that was mm-hmm. one of the first insights and like how to work with them and, um, you know, what they mean and all this. And, uh, I was given plasma at the time, like, uh, really desperate for money, like, uh, mm-hmm. really young and broke. And there was a lady in there. I, I walked in one day and she was reading the Celestine prophecy, like literally the day after I had read the chapter on synchronicities. Hmm. And it was just like one of those moments where you'll never forget, like, you know, yeah. talking about the synchronicities that will happen in your life as I'm reading Celestine. And then I walk hmm. on someone reading it. I mean, that was just one of those ones I'll never forget, but um, yeah, it's been a hell of a ride, man. And, uh, it's crazy. All the people I've met along the way, you know, um, I, I really do believe like m- more and more people are waking up by the day. Um, and the tribes are finding each other. As you know, it's cool too. Yeah. I mean, you just said exactly like that, the word finding the others and, you know, you brought up like silent darkness right and right. that comes from terrence uh yeah. terrence mckenna and yep. i have a perfect story about this too because uh you know i got into it was funny simultaneously you know i kind of associate eckhart Tolle with uh alan watts as well yeah they have like kind totally. of the same zen principles and i was listening to um you know back when I, when I was like 20 21 um terrence mckenna and alan watts like a lot of that youtube rabbit hole of their lectures yeah ram das too and it's pretty cool because there is also i was a part of some pretty um how would i say this pretty eclectic uh facebook groups like there was one called the terrence mckenna group on uh, facebook and we would just share all these memes and insights and eventually um, as Timothy Leary says, you know, I was able to find the others and, mm. uh, I got to go and visit someone down in Florida who, you know, we, we shared very much the same values, uh, nice. that were kind of promoted by Terrence, not necessarily like, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure this is standard on most podcasts where people talk about psychedelics, but it's like, you know, I'm sure you and I would never recommend that people do them and things right, like this, right, you know, right, but, right. um, just in, in this happenstance. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, we, uh, shared these values, which came from Terrence, which were then, um, almost echoed on this Facebook group Mm -hmm. and, you know, what a time to be alive, right? You know, we were able to connect and hang out together and have an experience together that, um, still, I feel like just to put it into a summary, I mean, I've never been in silent darkness listening to Pink Floyd albums before that was, uh, that was, something I'll never forget. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Well, I guess I mentioned my experience in uh, with five grams of silent darkness, but I just watched uh, Aubrey Marcus's darkness retreat documentary nice. last yeah, night. Aubrey's great. Oh, it was phenomenal, man. Mm-hmm. Like made, makes me want to do a darkness retreat so bad. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the sweat, sweat. Um, what's it called? The sweat lodge is kind of like that in a way. Yep. I mean, yep. not totally dark, but you are very much in like a cocoon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you have, you have music playing. Well, um, they're singing songs with drums, which yeah. um, I'm going to be making a drum here soon and learning oh, some nice. songs, but yeah. Um, it, it does feel like that. And it's, it's very symbolic of a death and rebirth mm-hmm. experience. Um, you know, it's like you're crawling back into the womb of mother earth. Right. And uh, being reborn again on the other side, you know, uh, being purified and purging everything you're holding on to that isn't serving you um, literally like an Aya ceremony, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, just some of the things I've taken away from it. Like, um, I just feel like completely connected to the earth, like completely connected to my fellow man, everyone around me, to myself, to God and to the earth. Um, and you know, you have the, the seven directions you have, uh, Northeast, uh, West and South. And then you have, um, mother earth and father sky. Mm. Uh, and then you have, uh, the last, last direction, the seventh direction is internal or God. Um, and you know, that's something I just learned recently, but, um, you know, we, we, we just think it's like the surface level, just these four directions, but then Mm. we forget that, um, our internal state is what completes, you know, the circle or the medicine wheel. Um, and, uh, it comes full circle with that, you know, right on. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's been a powerful experience. Um, it's been like the first church I've been a part of where I didn't feel judged or shamed or guilted into anything. And, um, just to like have that direct connection that I was looking for because, uh, you are in silent darkness until the, the drum starts playing. And once mm-hmm. the drums playing, it's like the earth beat of the earth. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Or it's like yeah. the heartbeat of the earth. And, uh, it's powerful, man. But, you know, it's like just comparing like dressing up and going into a building with four walls. And mm. if you're not dressed a certain way, it's like you're, it's looked down upon or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I'm going in this in like shorts, bro. Like, right, right. With the towel. You know what's ironic too? Like you had brought up uh, the Mayan calendar and the 2012 prophecy. Yeah. And it's funny to think about it. So like, all right, Christian Europeans, um, obliterated the Mayans, right? Like right. they supposedly right. from the history that we get, but right. they totally dis disregarded their shamanistic practices. If they had any, I'm sure that they did and their culture, their religion, et cetera. But the mm. only thing that stuck was this end times prophecy, <laughs> right. everything else they like right. destroyed, but it's like this calendar though. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? Total fear, brother. Like yeah. <laughs> it's all, it's all like this waiting game. Like we're going to, we're going to wait to be saved until the savior comes back. And like, I mm. think like that just, uh, uh, leaves room for not taking accountability and having yeah. responsibility for your own actions. And like, that's, kind of the trap I felt like I was stuck in, uh, in the operating system of what the church had taught me of like, um, 
you don't you don't need to change you just need to accept jesus into your heart which i still believe that and i still yeah. believe that there's still value there yeah you can have you don't a want to simp for, for jesus though you know because right, if you right. simp for for jesus then you'll have tunnel vision right you probably won't look within right. uh which is right that's probably half of the of the battle is looking to yourself Yep. it's like you got to carry your own cross versus expect jesus to carry it for you either. right right and it's like that externalization versus the internalization, mm-hmm. you know, and coming to grips with that. I mean, that took me years and years to get to that point. Cause like I had seen zeitgeist early on when I was wrapped up and mm-hmm. the religious dogma and, you know, that programming growing up and up for so long, you know, I was baptized Lutheran, went to an evangelical church and then forced into Catholic school. And then I went to a Pentecostal church on my own doing after I graduated, like after leaving the Catholic church. And, you know, I was always just seeking, man. And um, I was just trying to find answers. And um, I guess it, I had never started to question like, oh, like maybe, maybe uh it wasn't meant to be taken literally and uh i think i was afraid of that and uh so like when i had seen zeitgeist like i was just in complete denial uh way back then back in 2011 2012 watching it at that time but i go back and watch it now um after years and years of you know really looking at things differently and um digging deeper into the teachings within that book um, something that was really beneficial for me, um, after I left the church was I, uh, made a point to highlight every word attributed to Jesus in that book, uh, in the four gospels, uh, mm-hmm. which is arguably anywhere from 800 to a thousand words out right. of an 800,000 word book. Mm-hmm. And to me, uh, that would like get to the meat of the message, you know, and, uh, like tell you what what's the message to be learned here Mm. so um that that really helped me get to the heart of that um because i think each of the four gospels are a different perspective whether that's emotional spiritual uh physical and mental Mm. and they're all told from a slightly different perspective uh, and it could also pertain to the uh, four directions uh, and the four um, the four seasons and all elements. the other symbology, you know, the four elements, on and on and on it goes. But yeah, just like uh, getting into the more esoteric teachings within that book, the astro theology of it, the um, the the message that I took from. Uh, the book of Genesis, uh, there's that uh, verse in there about the, in the land of Pineal, uh, Jacob oh, met yeah, God yeah. face to face. And like, I say this a million times, but like that verse is just mind blowing to me. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it tells yeah, you like I mean, how much more they knew than we right, think. They right. Knew, you know what well, I mean? There's uh, something really fascinating. Once you uncover the fact that like Christianity is kind of like the latest version. Um, right. I mean, Right. I could say that in a couple different ways, like maybe trust the science. Scientism is the latest version or atheism or something like that. Right. But, you know, like going, yeah, science. <laughs> yeah. But like going back to Mormonism. Um, oh yeah. I mean, well, Mormonism is fascinating. I, I'll, Mormonism I'll is that. pretty much Christianity though, I guess. It so, is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, what's it called? It's very fundamentalist. But, uh, right. what I wanted to say is like, you know, Hinduism 
mm-hmm. is one way that you could point to like the origin. And it's cool because when they mm-hmm. talk about Pineal and Jacob's Ladder, you know, I was talking to Micah Dank about this, that Jacob's Ladder, and he, he taught this to me. I didn't really know this beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, but since then, I've seen videos from Jim Carrey, the famous actor, talk about oh, this. Oh, yeah. About, like yep, yep. Our, our vertebrae, you know, we have the, yep. um, so basically like the Kundalini, which yep. comes from Hinduism, um, was then kind of retranslated into this Jacob's Ladder story because, mm-hmm. you know, when I saw that spiral staircase in my uh, original dream that I shared with you, like mm-hmm. I was thinking of a physical staircase, but then you think about like a spiral uh, structure in your spine. Right. Um, that leads up to the kingdom of heaven, really. And, you know, that. The that, Caduceus. The Caduceus. Yeah. yeah, that is, um, it, you know, once again, it gives me chills to think about. But it's it's pretty cool because then, like, Krishna and Christ yep. are very similar. Yep. There's <laughs> even that phrase, uh, Krishna consciousness. So looking into astrotheology is really cool. And it's also fun to look into the etymology, um, which, yeah. you know, they go, uh, I don't really know, Sanskrit or hebrew or you know i'm trying to learn a little bit more latin roots and Mm -hmm. uh greek roots but all of that i mean you can go on so many cool rabbit holes and someone might ask you like what's the point of all that and it's really just to gain perspective i guess um you can look at things differently you can look at the way that things are named or classified and um i think it's just it's just fun (laughs) totally i mean I, I think life is wasted if you're just, you know, sitting around uh, doing the same thing every right. single day in, day out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, working the same job for 20 years with the same girl for your whole life, uh, never leave your hometown, like this like bubble way of living, you know? Yeah. The hero's journey doesn't work like that. You, you gotta, you gotta leave, you gotta sacrifice everything yes. that you, that, that you have. And then just like when you spoke about the, uh, rebirthing experience with the yeah. sweat, you know, it's like, you gotta kind of let yourself, um, not waste away, but you know, you have to be able to, well, so, you know, if I'm saying this as like advice to anyone, it's really just advice to myself mm-hmm. that, um, in order to grow, I just had to leave behind a, a lot of the old programming that I, uh, carried with me. And I think that's, what's weird about going into a ceremony of, of any kind or like a medicine journey is that yeah. whether you're by yourself or in some kind of group, you know, everyone brings their baggage and that's oh. the way that school was described to me. Cause I'm teaching high school right now. And basically like there is this metaphor, this analogy that school is like this airport and everyone brings their baggage with them everyone's flying out to a different destination though. Um, arguably we are all and like, we're all going to eventually go to the final destination together. But, uh, in between then and now we're all flying out to a different destination, different airport, if you will. And, uh, so it's cool to reconcile that baggage that you take with you. Um, for me, the baggage that I took with me on my, uh, formative experiences in, uh, you know, plant medicines and other journeys like that was um, just weird, weird, heavy, dark energy from uh, the Sandy Hook shooting in 2012 mm-hmm. because I was a senior in Newtown High School, which if you guys know, Newtown and Sandy Hook, Connecticut are the same place. And Newtown High School is a mile away from Sandy Hook. And, you know, yeah. regardless of all the um, the ideas, the, the theories and whatnot. Um, it was just like a very dark energy around the whole town. And that was oh, my sure. senior year. 
I was happy to graduate and leave in 2013. Um, but I that was your senior year when that happened. That was my senior year, 2012. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I actually remember, uh, vividly I was dressed up. I was dressed up really nice because it was picture day for the, uh, wrestling team. I know we were chatting about wrestling before we we hit record. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was dressed up. I was late for school too. Like I, uh, was driving myself and, um, I got to my first period class. It was economics with my old cross country teacher. Uh Shout out to Mr. Foss. I doubt you're listening to this, but (laughs) I love you, dude. (laughs) We've been through some real shit together. Uh, (laughs) um, yeah. And, uh, that was a crazy, crazy day. Uh, the, just the, I mean, and that's a good segue too, because I think, going through that darkness, the pain and, you know, the suffering that people around me were experiencing. Cause I didn't personally lose anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just being around that, you know, it's contagious, right? Oh yeah. The other thing that was contagious though, was there were fucking journalists everywhere. There were news anchors sure. knocking on people. Like it was very much like on the borderline of harassment. Like there were so many cameras pointed sure. at us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm happy to be out of there, but it was definitely, uh, uh, an experience that shaped me for who I am today. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, man. Uh, I, I was just going to ask, so did you go to the grade school like growing up or I uh, did go there for summer camp? Um, oh, but Newtown wow. has like a bunch of different elementary schools and I was on the other side. Uh, oh, I went okay. to, um, different elementary school but yeah sandy hook elementary before they tore it down and rebuilt it i was there um at summer camp and even recently uh you know i think maybe like 2011 or like early 2012 i was there um on the wrestling team we were helping to train the sandy hook wrestling team uh so these little kids who or little beast, by the way. <laughs> if yeah. I started wrestling when I was in elementary school, I'd probably be way better. But the, oh, yeah, yeah, we'd, uh, <laughs> yeah um, some of the team members and I would go and volunteer because they were doing practices at the Sandy Hook school. Um, so I got to go and uh, I hadn't been there in years because I was really young when I went to summer camp. So coming back to work with the uh, wrestling team was pretty cool. Yeah. And then um, when this, shooting happened it was right in the middle of our wrestling season it was december 2012 um as i said i was dressed up for picture day that was obviously canceled but we we dedicated the rest of that season to those those kids and those teachers Mm -hmm. um yeah that was that was really nice uh it wasn't until later that all of the conspiracy stuff started to come out and um some of the like i know for example are you familiar with hell's angels Mm mm-hmm Oh yeah. So Hell's Angels um was hired. And if you guys don't know, Hell's Angels is like a very famous biker gang. Yep. Um they're very tough, tough guys. And they were hired or yeah, they were brought to protect some of the funerals. Um, because I, I think one group in particular, the Westboro Baptist Church, came to protest at some of these funerals. Um so the Hell's Angels were hired to be like security there. It was pretty intense. That's just Jesus. one of the many interactions that the mainstream media and uh you know the conspiracy community had been uh very focused on Sandy Hook and obviously Alex Jones is a, is right. a big topic. Um yeah, I mean it's just there's <laughs> there was a lot to to process from 2013 to 2023 oh, sure. um yeah. getting out of Newtown and you know, starting a new life. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, uh, that didn't, uh, that didn't, uh, stop you from wanting to 
get out of there and, mm-hmm. you know, start a new life somewhere else. Just all that, that trauma that was there as a result, you know, and that yeah. energy, um, that was still felt there. I'm sure. Um, and a lot of the people there. The and, other thing too, Andre is like wanting to escape was like definitely a profound feeling, but it was also like, um, there was a healing quality to all of this because, mm-hmm. you know, I, there were many ways that I escaped, especially, you know, I graduated 2013, went out to freshman year of college and I partied a lot. And a lot of that was to escape. But right. then like at a certain point, even as a freshman, as a, you know, uh, what was I like a 19 year old? Um, I then slowly, gradually started to want to move towards, um, more of like a medicine journey, I guess. Mm. And so that really, uh, kicked it off for me. Um, wow. especially, you know, finding the others, as we said, right, I found right. my, uh, tribe and my people and yeah. now doing the podcast is great. Cause you have tribe everywhere. If you can look hard enough and find them. Totally. Yeah. So how, how did you go about, uh, Aya your first time? Like, mm. was it pretty synchronistic how all that happened or, uh, what led you to Aya in the first place? Yeah, it is pretty synchronistic, I guess. And, you know, um, the way that it all happened, uh, you know, I'll just be like clear here. Like I was about 21 years old. Um, I was still in college, uh, kind of directionless. Um, not to say that I had like more clear direction when I came out of the ceremony, but at, at that point I was just kind of like your average college student who wasn't aware of the woke programming that was happening right right in in front of me. (laughs) Um, but you know, I was, I was there doing my thing, um, working in a restaurant and just, you know, just growing up. I was only 21 really. So, you know, how grown up can you be? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. totally. totally. Um, so (laughs) I was an idiot at 21. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Same, same. Yeah. I mean, I'm only 27 just, just just to be clear, you know, uh, so, um, yeah, I got to fly out to, uh, the Seattle area. And I mean, just like even before flying out there, my, my, so my, my, my dad was more open-minded. Um, he was more of a, of a hippie than my mother was. Um, okay. but yeah, he was cool with it. He's like, you know, just be safe. And my mom dug into, um, you know, the Google search and found like people who had died drinking ayahuasca and oh, geez. I had yeah. to have, um, scare tactics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot uh, of that out there. There is a lot of it. I'm sure there's some validity to some of the stories, but um, totally. the, the, the place I was going, folks. yeah, you got to do your own research. I'm glad that she looked it up, uh, right. but you know, she was very protective. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. eventually <laughs> um, I was able to explain to her, like, listen, mom, like this is the Aklava Native American church. Like this is an established place for worship for like a sacred experience. And uh, so, you know, I was going to go either way, but she was just very strongly urging me not to go. Um, I paid for everything. I saved up my money as a dishwasher at a, at a restaurant. So I like made it happen. Took a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I was very called to do this, uh, somewhere deep within me. And that was mostly thanks to being able to experiment and experience, um, mainly, you know, psilocybin and Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the fungal allies that we can find around here. Um, so before I even left a week before, you know, I, I was writing all these journals and I, um, I typed them all out so I can yeah. save them. And, uh, it's crazy because 
a week before I was set to depart, I got this really crazy rash on my skin. Um, wow. I don't know if it was like laundry de- detergent or an allergy to food or something, but there I've was this really, yeah, really laundry detergent, yeah. itching. Yeah. And so I'm, that made me very concerned. I was like, is this a sign that I shouldn't go? Like, oh shit. Like, um, it just got worse and I ended up going, obviously, but that almost uh, threw me off because I was like, damn, maybe this is a sign like that, uh, you know. It, it, it reminded me of my first journey, dude, because I had a tooth pulled the week before and I was like, oh, is damn. this a sign? Like, is this going to come up in the journey? Like, yeah, am I going to yeah. be in pain? Yeah. So right. I totally relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I tried to be prepared and like hear other people speak about their experiences. And it sounded like the last thing you want to do is be like sitting up on your cushion, like scratching yourself and like, right. yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So you know, I was definitely, your time. Yeah. I was definitely on edge going into it um but you know i landed i met the people they were really nice um and we got along instantly uh, so we were staying in these teepees uh, that were set up with um heaters so it was like really cozy really comfortable and i got to share a teepee with a really cool guy and basically like immediately there were almost like synchronous events like mm. the synchronicity um had to do with this rash so basically like I didn't tell anyone I had my long sleeve shirt on and like I was trying to hide everything and didn't want to draw attention to myself because I was just nervous. You know, I think everyone was a little on edge because it was all of our first times drinking ayahuasca. So it was very novel. Obviously the guides and the shamans, the leaders with us were experienced, but all the people who came and signed up to do this were all brand new. Wow. Um, and I was the youngest one there. <laughs> but, wow. uh, yeah, I was going to say, you're young, man, to be doing Aya. That's great. Yeah, I got bro. very lucky. Yeah, I got really lucky because uh, the DEA raided this, this place later on. That's a different yeah. story. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, we were walking to our teepee and I tripped and fell into this pile of like deep, deep mud. Like I was oh, muddy, shit. like from my like <laughs> shoulder all the way down the side of my body, like oh, covered. <laughs> yeah. There's not like a shower nearby, you know, we're like out like camping basically. Um, so that was an interesting start. And again, all of this was almost like, it could have been very discouraging and uh, concerning, uh, but I kind of laughed it off, but like, you know, I, I had to clean the, the mud off of me and get rid of it and change my clothes. And so when I did this, my rash was visible to other people. Um, and good thing because they immediately offered me lavender oil and coconut oil and we were able to like get it kind of soothing, uh, get a soothing remedy onto it. Um, which definitely helped because yeah. then eventually, I was more comfortable for the beginning of the ceremony, um, which we did do a brief uh, sweat, but it was really cold. Nice. Um, we were up in Washington in February. Okay. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, you know, oh, the yeah. Oregon coast, Washington, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty cold up there. It was rainy. Um, yeah. Didn't really sweat to be honest with you, but I did go through that, the whole, um, you know, going into the womb of the earth and all that. And the stones were brought in, they were rubbing yep. sweet, sweet grass on the stones. It was really, yep. it was really nice. But very vulnerable. On them. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I hope to do it again and actually sweat. Uh, cause I, I know the sauna is really, really powerful. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe I can connect you with some down there. Um, yeah, down yeah. in uh, Dallas Austin area. Oh, How far awesome, is Austin man. from Dallas? It's about a three hour drive, three and a half hours. 
Okay. Yeah. You yeah, want to go see I Aubrey Marcus and closer. all those people. <laughs> yeah. Because I know my buddy Chongo's looking for a sweat too down by. Oh, Dallas. cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so that was the, the first day was the sweat. Second day, um, basically it began as um, a San Pedro ceremony. So crazy thing about this, you know, I told you about Sandy Hook. I told you about this rash. So like all this was kind of swirling in my conscious mind you know just uh yeah. whatever you know the, not, rash not the best things you want to be holding on to yeah you know, and i'm just yeah. itchy as fuck <laughs> yeah, you know i'm yeah. just like i'm not i look right. like a fucking crackhead you know right right um, but i'm trying to control it you know but you can only control it so much and i ended up calling it the cosmic itch eventually because it's mm-hmm. like it was only like in my mental state that i was itchy but if i was yep. able to overcome that then the the itch would go away but i'll mind get into that later yeah my yep. yeah, mind over matter exactly very hermetic so yep. we start with san san pedro and it's day it's uh probably like noon maybe like one or two o'clock um the sun is out it's beautiful like perfect perfect day mm-hmm. and what was happening was you know we all drank the San Pedro, which is a cactus like peyote, uh, mescaline derived um, medicine. Mm-hmm. And this is a masculine energy. So like it makes you kind of want to get up and move around. And like people were like going on little hikes and we're all spread out doing our own thing. And I decided to kind of lay out in the sun like a lizard. Right? <laughs> you know, I just wanted to like <laughs> absorb those uh, solar rays and... Yeah. I had mentioned we're up in, uh, you know, the wilderness outside of Seattle, um, LB Washington to be specific. If anyone's familiar with that area, it's beautiful Mm -hmm. middle of nowhere, gorgeous, Uh, except, you know, when people live in the middle of nowhere, um, they're prone to fire their guns off, Mm -hmm. you know, just for fun. And I, I grew up hunting. I love shooting. I'm in Texas for God's sake. (laughs) But at that time, on the medicine... Not what you were wanting to hear. <laughs> not what I was ready for, yeah. Right. And so I'm, I'm laying there in the sun, and then all of a sudden, oh, we, we hear gunshots, and it's like, fuck, what is happening? thought you were uh, in a war zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and, boy. You know, just to be clear, they're just neighbors of this farm that we're staying on doing some target practice. Mm-hmm. No big deal. But right. internally, I was like, oh, no. Freak the like, fuck out. Exactly <laughs> yeah. what I wanted to avoid and right. <laughs> overcome. But it was perfect because um, I remember my guide walked over to me. And he saw me visibly uncomfortable and, like, scratching myself. And, you know, I was just a total mess. Uh, but he, like, came over to me and he's like, what's what's going on, man? And I, I told him um, about Sandy Hook and all that. And he's like, all right, I totally hear you. And like, we had this really nice exchange and at, at the very end of it, this is all that I really remember. Mm-hmm. He, he told me, let it be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that triggered something in me because he said, let it be. And then all of a sudden I started to hear the, the Beatles song playing mm-hmm. in my mind and yep. <laughs> I closed my eyes and like had these really beautiful floral visuals. Um, mm-hmm. And I was very relaxed and soothed from that. So I think that was, an important part advice. of this process. Yeah. Cause it was just like you were saying earlier, Andre, like mind over matter. And yeah. yeah, there's gunshots and that's not ideal, but you know, was I going to let it affect my mental state so much? And at oh. first I did, I totally was a victim of that. Right. Um, but then he was able to pull me out of that victim mindset and be like, all right, this is the way it is, but we're mm. still going to have a, a healing journey. Mm. Good time. So that was San Pedro. 
all this leads up to the evening where we finally drink ayahuasca. And so um, San Pedro is a pretty short experience in comparison. Yeah, it's very similar to psilocybin. Um, and I think to be frank, like our dose, uh, because this was like supposed to prepare us for the ayahuasca ceremony. So it wasn't like oh, a very okay. hefty, it was yeah. more of like a micro dip in your toes in yeah, kind of deal. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like Something tune stage. up the old pineal gland again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see. I see what you're saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. So you're getting no, into the right. aya ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The aya ceremony was, uh, later in the, in the evening. Um, and you know, I'm going to look at my uh, journal for, for this because I, I want to refer to like really specific memories. Um, yeah, there was something that really stuck out to me about uh, coming back to your breath. Um, yes. Yeah, which, exactly. <laughs> which exactly. was huge for me in my ceremony. So, yes. Yeah. Totally yeah. resonate with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm going to read part of it. I'll probably, you know, break off at a certain point, but I, I just kind of want to get this out there. So I, yeah. I said uh, Saturday evening. Mother Ayahuasca was speaking to me in a voice I had never heard before. I was almost convinced that I was going insane, but her soothing voice spoke to me with a clear and bright tone. She said, you have two choices, fear or love. And I could feel her defragmenting all the old cynical nonsense I had constructed within my mental state. Mm. And she presented with me a simple gift, a reminder to choose wisely. And I took the first wholesome breath in what seemed like hours and you could imagine you know and i was talking to someone about this the next day during our integration oh yeah it's like yeah man anxiety all it really is is just air trapped in your chest i was like i never thought about that before he's like yeah man think about a uh, tesla coil if the energy gets stuck halfway up it's not going to reach its full height and i'm like yeah, yeah you're right that's <laughs> great way to that's visualize such a it. good way to put it man wow yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I felt earlier, I even wrote this down that, you know, my shallow breath, my shallow gasp Mm. seemed to be trapping me within myself. And I felt like I was in a coffin. Um, I had like this, uh, well, see, the thing is, you know, anyone who's been in this kind of ceremony, you know, you got people to the left and you Mm -hmm. to the left and the and the right and they're puking and, you know, it's. It's not the most glorious scene. In no. my <laughs> it's like, a, <laughs> like it's like a battlefield, man. It is, yeah. Like you're yeah. all going to war together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you know the sounds of people vomiting next to me. I said it was like a symphonic purgatory, mm. and you know purgatory is interesting. And we had spoke yeah. about Dante's Inferno briefly another time, and it's like purgatory. You know that in between between life and death, uh, heaven and and hell. hell purgatory contains the word purge and it's just funny that you people were getting rid of a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. personally for me and i don't know how this had happened but i i ate a very very clean diet before this and i did not throw up and i'm not bragging neither did i (laughs) yeah like yeah weird it would have been yeah like maybe it would have ceremonies yeah that see that's that's really interesting like i feel like i'm due though eventually (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean yeah yeah like, but yeah, go again, on. I'm not, not bragging about this. I'm just saying right, like, maybe right. it would have been better if I did throw up a little bit, but I was, um, 
So that like almost concerned me. I, I, I like felt left out. I was like, I felt the same thing, dude. I felt guilty about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, why can't I puke? Like I felt yeah. so ashamed. <laughs> like what did I do like, wrong? This the following weird. day, like everyone's talking about like vomiting out these like dark spiritual entities. And I'm yep. like, oh, I, I, that, <laughs> like, yeah. I guess I'm taking <laughs> everything home with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah dude. I just came to the realization that like, uh, you purge and different ways you know yes. like um, oh yeah i didn't realize like all the past psilocybin experiences i had when i was shivering or yawning or um crying or laughing like these are all forms of purging man and like yeah. i never knew that up until aya so yeah. that was like a huge realization for me i don't know about you absolutely yeah man i'm thinking back to i mean on that same evening of this of the ceremony and other previous experiences with psilocybin especially when i did this in a cold season which mm-hmm. this was february 2016 in yeah. you know the north um, so it was very cold but you know we had heaters next to us we were fine but um right i felt these shivers and the the difference between sweat and tears you know like i was sweating like a cold sweat yeah. but i also felt like i was crying so it's like yeah it's that, that same idea you know on both occasions it was I was just leaking. <laughs> was right, right. Purging. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, that, that purgatory allegory is such a uh, paradox to me now. Like looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, I totally see the resemblance of yeah. everything I went through. Cause I thought I was in hell for a while. I thought I was the devil for a while. I oh, thought yeah. I was God for a while. And I was like controlling everyone else's experience. And like, I thought I was like ruining everybody's time and, like just completely, completely ego tripping. And, uh, yeah, just that whole death and rebirth, man. Like, Mm. and that thing you mentioned about feeling like you were in a coffin, I totally had that too. Like of, uh, at one point, like I was an Egyptian Pharaoh and I I remember my arms were crossed and I was like laid back. Whoa. I thought I was about to be sacrificed in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I thought like the only way to like get out of this was to jump in the fire. So like Mm -hmm. I'm literally about to jump in the fire and thankfully I did it. Yeah. 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 You you can still choose in, in, in some different ways, but you know, it's, it's interesting. (laughs) I really love, and I, it wasn't until years later, I was actually like last year, right before I was going to speak to Miguel Connor on Ambite, Dante's Inferno is that, Someone reached out to me, uh, Gabe Slick Dissident. Shout out to you, Gabe. Yeah. He was speaking to me about the the purgatory, the purgatory, and mm. you know, eventually my story will go up to paradise. But like while I was in that that dark state, um, I felt like I was remote viewing or having like some kind of astral projection because yeah, totally, I was in total darkness in this like quote unquote coffin, like we said. But I felt like. I left my my physical body and I traveled all the way back to Connecticut where my my, my family was sitting down to have dinner wow. talking about me and being like, oh yeah, Jake's doing this crazy cult um, ayahuasca thing and <laughs> you know, uh, hopefully he doesn't get murdered while he's out there and you know, yep. this and that. <laughs> yep. I was like, oh my God, they think I'm so dumb. And like, yeah. that was my, like, what obviously projecting a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. but I was like... I like got to like visit them and hear what they had to say. Um, so I carried their, their baggage with me as, yeah. as well. It was really my own baggage, but you know, um, I was very much a black sheep at that, at that period. Yeah. Still am, but you yeah. know, uh, 
I, I totally, uh, it totally makes me think of my buddy Cameron, who I met there, my first journey. Um, he's like, yeah, he's like, my dad was warning me about this, like saying I shouldn't go. And he's like, I'll never forget. He told me, he's like, don't get, don't get raped while you're there, uh, whatever you do or something like that. And he walks in the door and like, there's this big sign that says soul quest ayahuasca. And the first thing underneath it, it says rape. <laughs> Oh yeah, Rape. <laughs> Rape. <laughs> oh He's my like, god, what a synchronicity. What is this place? <laughs> <laughs> what have we done? So funny, <laughs> that is really good, yeah. <laughs> but, it's pronounced uh, Rape, yeah. <laughs> wow. But uh yeah, I think uh everyone has to deal with that in some form or another. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if you're telling people about it, they're looking at you sideways. Like what's oh, yeah. a, especially back then, man, like that was, mm-hmm. uh, a while back. So, you know, it wasn't as popular even it is even a couple of years ago, you mm-hmm. know, 2016 yeah. was a whole different timeline. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Rodgers coming out now about it. The hat man. Yeah. Right. The hat man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thankful I didn't see anything too dark like that. You know, in right. fact, I didn't really see much until I finally took that deep breath. And it was crazy because, mm. like, I was going into this ready for the visuals. You know, I'd done the silent darkness with psilocybin, so I was, like, kind of well-versed in that right. um, and familiar. But I've also heard that, you know, each plant is totally unique. Um, totally. So eventually, you know, things turned lighter, and I took that deep breath I got this very dualistic, cryptic message about, you know, you can choose fear or love. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's not that simple, but in the moment it was like, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I'm going to choose love. And it was weird too, because uh, Sandy Hook had um, uh, a nonprofit that was called Choose Love. And wow. it was this green logo. It's basically like anytime you see merch, like t-shirts, bracelets, um, the Sandy Hook promise their, their slogan was choose love. So it was weird to have that kind of flood back to me. That's um, and it was, yeah. it was green for the heart chakra. It was right, perfect. Right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's wild, dude. Yeah. So I took this deep breath and I mean, basically the way that I described it in my journal was that, you know, I took a beautiful breath of fresh air through my abdomen. Like I, should have done the whole time, but you know, if I go back again, I, which I, I definitely want to, I'm going to make sure to focus on my, um, diaphragm breathing some more, but I finally transcended madness, I think. Uh, wow. and the pressure in my skull finally subsided. Like I felt like just mm. not only was I in this coffin, but like you ever see those horror movies saw where they've got like those crazy helmets on and like, right. yeah, it was kind of like that. I know it's like wow. very disturbing, but like, I just did not feel comfortable at all. Yeah, that's um, terrifying. Very itchy the whole time too, but you know, I, I was totally out of my body, so I didn't really like Yeah, anyone that's it. experienced it, like you're experiencing your own personal hell, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. you have to go through that to get to have you, it had, on you have side. to go through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. You know? And that's so the I, hard hardest part is surrendering to that. Like, oh, surrendering yes. Surrendering to the yeah. darkest moments, you know. Going into it, they provided um a mantra they're like if you want to you know if if you get into like a tight situation just Mm -hmm. remember you know trust and surrender Mm -hmm. trust and surrender and i think surrender sometimes has like a a negative connotation um right if i were to go back i would just say trust and flow trust Mm -hmm. and flow Um, not to like fight back you know just let it happen and uh learn from it 
right. I feel like I really have learned from it because like eventually, you know, this, um, this warm sensation spread mm-hmm. through me. And as I was saying, I wasn't seeing anything. I had my, um, blindfold on. It was mm-hmm. totally black. Felt like I was in a coffin. And then just like with San Pedro, this floral pattern started to spread across my, uh, my peripheral. Like wow. it was kind of weird. It was never, it was like unlike anything I've ever seen before in the fact that like there, there wasn't like these geometric um, sort of distortions that you might find from other substances. Right. It was very floral and like natural looking. And it was really mm-hmm. cool. It was like, I feel like I'd tapped into something. Um, the best thing I could describe is like, I tapped into something Gaian, mm-hmm. like uh, being connected to the it's earth, like as you said earlier. Natural beauty. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, for me, man, you mentioned like this duality of, uh, love versus fear. Um, there's a lot of duality, um, and like parallels my journey as well of like the first one being like a lot of, uh, God versus the devil stuff and like realizing there's aspects of each of those in me, like the seven deadly sins versus, uh, the, uh, seven, um, what do you call them? Um, like the opposition to that. So you have the seven, seven deadly sins and then like the seven beatitudes or whatever they are, um, that are the opposing emotions to that, you know, and, um, you know, just, uh, coming, coming to grips with that. Like, no, these aren't projections outside of myself. These are aspects of myself. And, um, you know, just, um, surrendering to that or, um, you know, being okay with that. And then the, uh, the following journey was more about, um, like the masculine versus feminine. And, right. uh, there was like this motherly God, like mother Gaia, mother earth God. And then there was this Abrahamic like father God over here. And I felt like I was like going through a divorce with my parents. Like I got to choose one or the other here. Like oh, who yeah. do I choose? Like, I was so <laughs> torn, dude. Yeah. And uh, that was another one where I was like, Oh, these are just aspects within you. And like mm. you have aspects of each of them within and you, you have to balance them and integrate them and, you know, recognize them respect them and honor them and uh yeah that was very humbling and then uh my five grams in silent darkness was more about um unity versus duality mm-hmm. and uh superseding both of those prior yeah. journeys on the theme of unity i mean um have you ever spoken with mira taylor before i don't think i have i've okay. heard of her though yeah. mira taylor is great she's a moon and rune wellness on okay. instagram moon and nice. uh so she she likes to, to talk about and i really love chatting with her about this um when it comes to archetypes or even like astrological archetypes um you know she's very much opposed to the idea that you know you are your sun sign like i'm a taurus and right etc right. um we are all the archetypes. And I guess, you know, if, if we're going to make it, um, a yin and a yang, you know, it's like, we are both, we are all, and it's, uh, it's overwhelming at, at, at first, but I I think that's kind of what the medicine reveals to you. Um, and it's very fascinating because then that gives you a sense of power. Like you don't have to be a victim to an archetype because you are all of them. And, So you are the one, um, creating the experience. And that's kind of what, um, you know, ayahuasca revealed to me towards the end. Mm -hmm. The first thing that I heard through this 
disembodied uh, mystical voice that she carries um, was, you know, choose fear or love. And the last thing that she said to me um, as this experience started to close out was that you will never need to scratch again. Mm. And uh, after that, I definitely realized this psychosomatic connection, this mind body connection where like, totally. if I were to scratch this itch that I had, I call it the cosmic itch. Like I said, it's just going to continue spreading and growing. And, yep. you know, I, I don't know where it originated from. I don't know what cured it necessarily, but eventually it did go o- away. Thanks to number one, like I developed the willpower to stop scratching it. And, yep. and then, you know, eventually it was really just like, it's like it seemed you- to it's like what you pay attention to, you know, yes. you're, you're giving it your energy, you know, that's spot on. That's spot like on. Yeah. Making it bigger, you know? Yeah. He's like intuitively, if I were to say, you know, to conclude this story, the download that I received, the, the messages that were given to me, it was basically like the heart and the breath and the mind, like they all form a type of Trinity. Mm-hmm. And if you, um, cycle, something through that structure you know you think about something you feel something and you know you breathe in a certain way that moves your energy just like my my friend talked about with that tesla coil right staircase jacob's ladder etc yeah and so you know yeah it was really just like if my skin was breaking out it was probably like maybe not it maybe not something material but Mm. maybe there was um something spiritual that i had to overcome and then yeah it was coming out as this rash. It was uh, manifesting itself on my skin as this rash. And now it's gone, has never come back since then. Um, and yeah, I'm just thankful to have been able to go through all that and learn all those things. Yeah, I, I think Chance kind of ironed that one in my belief system about uh, medicine and um, you know mm-hmm. every illness or injury or whatever it may be. Like there is a spiritual meaning to that as well, and there Always. is something to be learned in that. And why did that happen? And like, what is there to teach you in that injury or illness? And that's up to you to figure out and integrate into your life. But there's always something to learn from it. You know, even our darkest moments, our lowest points in life, um, there's always something to be learned from it. You know, it's absolutely the alchemical nature of it, of, Mm -hmm. you know, turning the bad into good and using it to inspire you and, you know, um, make you want change um, and Mm -hmm. to be the change you wish to see. Um, Yeah, man. um, Very impactful on my journey, um, totally broke me wide open. I would say like the biggest shift I had was, um, just coming to the realization you have to be loved to be loved Mm -hmm. and, you know, you have to love yourself before you can love anyone else. And, um, if you're not whole, how can you make anyone else whole or, you know, help anyone else, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, the work is never done and, um, don't get high on your laurels. Like we, there's always more to learn, like remain humble. And, you know, that, that part of the experience when I thought I was God, it was like, holy shit, like, this is a lot of responsibility. Like, I don't want this responsibility. Like (laughs) feeling like Spider-Man now. Yeah. I ain't worthy of this. Like, (laughs) and it was like this rejection I had of like, Mm. um, it's kind of like when you, uh, you, you want to manifest something in your life, whether it's the right job or the right woman or the right relationship, whatever friends. Um, and it, that, that exact thing comes into your life, 
but it, it comes into your life before you're ready to receive it. So um, you have it and it's in your life now, but it doesn't look the way you thought it would look like. So you're almost like not appreciative of it. And you're like letting it pass you by rather than seeing it for what it is. And you're like, Holy shit, like this is magic. Like I literally yeah. just brought this into my life, but you know, when we have these blinders on, we can't see that, you know, and just coming back to that awareness and like just being aware of the signs and the synchronicities that come up in your life and like um, trying to study and um, tap into your intuition so you can, um, you know, crack those codes. And, um, you know, we're never going to know all the answers, but, you know, there is directions along the way that kind of guide us and nudge us in the right direction to, you know, keep us on the right path, I feel. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's up to us to like trust that and uh, see those signs as they come up and, you know, really really hone into them well said man yeah the, there is a symbolic language that we're tapping into uh even you know if you're just going about your day-to-day and your normal everyday yeah. consciousness but um you know in an altered state or in a dream state whatever it may be even just listening to a podcast i've, I've heard people say that yeah. if you listen to the right podcast at the right time it'll put you in a different state and uh, I, I think it's definitely true and you know I hopefully have, sharing those occurrences for yeah sure. me too many <laughs> times yeah uh hopefully you know by sharing this story because i've never shared this on a on a podcast before mm-hmm. and i feel very blessed that you um invited me to speak yeah. about this because like i said earlier with like the whole not purging thing like I don't want to brag that, oh, I got the drink ayahuasca and this, and I'm so spiritual now. It's like, no, I mean, I quickly went back to my old bullshit after this. And, you know, I'm still working on that. But the thing is, and I I think the most powerful principle that I took away from this is the fact that there's a a dieta leading up to it and a dieta afterwards says it all. Like there are certain ways that you can treat your body and your nervous system and configure your lifestyle to a way that can complement these spiritual experiences. Um, like I know I spoke about this with uh, chance recently that if I'm eating junk food and I'm, and, and I'm not sleeping and I'm playing too much video games or whatever, then I'll be stuck in my lower chakras. Um, yeah. and I won't be able to score. access that higher energy. And yeah. I yep. mean, yep. so it's really just a matter of taking care of ourselves and, yeah. you know, it's something that you said earlier, you know, if um, you've, you've reminded me of this old saying, I can't remember where it comes from. It's like some Zen book of poems that I found, but it was like, if you're hungry, plant a garden. Mm. And I think about it, I'm like, like yeah, that. I mean, if you want to like feel love, then you have to produce it within yourself right. first. And I know it's uh, it's said a lot these days, but you know I I love putting it in the way of a garden because whatever you yeah. grow, whatever you can produce and manifest, will be a gift to this this earth to this world right. um, if you're willing to put in that work to grow it in the first place. Totally. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't expect crops to grow if you don't water, you know? Yep. It's like, <laughs> you got to take care of yourself. You cannot forget about yourself, guys. Absolutely. Like, it's not a selfish thing to do. And, like, something I struggled with a lot, too, in the past, like, a lot of people-pleasing tendencies and, mm-hmm. you know, um, never never saying no, um, always being there to help others and, you know, being burnt out as a result. Right. And that's a hard lesson to learn. And I'm still 
learning, but I'm thankful that I have the awareness I do now to like see those uh, errors in my past mm. of uh, behavior that was internally like ruining me and mm. um, taking a toll on me um, because I wasn't watering my own garden, you know, and I was right, right. taking time to water everyone else's, but mine was <laughs> turning into a desert, yeah. you know. And, uh, that's a hard lesson that we come back to a lot, I think of, uh, and that's usually when we, you know, burn out or get sick or whatever is like, okay, uh, here's the message. Like, uh, what, what, what got you here in the first place? Like what led up to this? Um, uh, and what, what was the turning point where you could have, uh, you know, avoided this altogether had you just, you know, done this, this, or this. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a continual journey, man, of, uh, just, uh, continuing to work with that, uh, shadow and, uh, those, uh, aspects about myself that, um, you know, I'm trying to integrate, um, into a more evolved way. Um, I like to always say, man, um, I think I, ayahuasca specifically, um, I have so much love for that medicine. Um, but at the end of the day, Aya is going to show you the roadmap, um, but you got to walk the path, you know, you got to follow the roadmap and you got to integrate that into your life. And I think, like you said, man, we can fall back into old ways of being. Um, they always like to say you have this two, three week pink cloud following you where you're just higher than life and feeling great when you come back, but you come back to the same environment you left before you went down there. So you're around the same friends, the same environment. So at the end of the day, man, it comes back to you. Like, how can you change your environment? How can you change your friends? Who do you let in your life that resonates with you, that empowers you just as much as you empower them? And it's a trade-off, man. Like, it's all energy, it's, man, at the end of the day. Like, can we protect our energy? Can we use our energy wisely? You know, um, don't let that river run dry. Yeah, man. If you're growing your own garden, you could grow poisonous plants and you don't want to do that you know uh so i love that analogy with the roadmap um you know i I think uh one thing i'd like to leave with with people yeah is that when i spoke about this experience um i was reminded of this analogy or this metaphor that you know these uh medicine journeys the shamanic experiences it's kind of like an express elevator and it takes you all the way up Mm-hmm. Um, and you get a glimpse and the, the, the door is open and it's yeah. like, you get this burst of energy and, and information, but then the doors are going to shut and the elevator is going to drop back down and you can't just keep on taking it back up because that's yep. not how it really works. And so it's, um, the discipline and the flow, those two polarities, um, you know, staying disciplined on what you consume and, mm-hmm. you know, flowing with your, um, your inner energies and, you know, learning not to be too controlling yet having the discipline to make those good choices mm. are the two, I think, um, roads that lead back up to the top of that elevator to wherever we ascend to, um, yeah. on this chess board of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I love it, brother. Great way to end it. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, Jake, uh, 
So I, I think you're in a really good place, man. Um, you're a bright guy. I love your energy, man. And thanks so much for coming on. But uh, I know the world can get kind of crazy, um, especially coming from that traumatic situation in high school mm-hmm. you described earlier. Um, what What are uh, some daily spiritual practices that kind of help you stay grounded when life's getting a little wonky? Yeah, man. Thank you for asking me that. I appreciate that. And overall... Um, so what's today? Today is, uh, January 24th. So what I've been doing for the last 24 days, because ever since 2023 hit, I've definitely changed up the way that I do things quite a lot. Mm. Um, that's sort of by accident, but also by design. And so what I would recommend to keep it simple, but also, you know, to allow people to go to depths that they maybe didn't consider. Um, I would consider, waking up a little extra early Mm. and get that little extra time. Cause I know that everyone has something that they want to do more of for me. It's usually, I want to read more books. I want to make more videos. Like if you guys go on my Instagram, I'm trying to make a lot of cool videos. I just take like a clip of a, of a podcast, put it out um, as like maybe like an advertisement or just like a little mini essay, but either way, You're I like to bro. make those. Thank you, man. It's uh, a lot of fun. Um, basically, you know, you got to give your, your, your energy to things that you really enjoy doing. So if you work a nine to five, like, like I do, then you got to wake up a little extra early. So that's the discipline part. Mm-hmm. The flow side of things is I would suggest and you can try this in a bunch of different ways. Um, I live in an urban area in Dallas, so I like to wear headphones when I'm walking around and listen to podcasts, listen to music after my work day and just stretch my legs, get my energy moving. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing too strenuous, but you know, I, I like to walk for, for distance and listen to maybe like an hour of a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you live near a forest, near a quiet, um, secluded area, then take out those headphones. You know, I, I only have them in because of the cars and the noise. Right. 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 Uh, but if you're in nature, you know, take it in and uh, absorb it into yourself and mm. immerse yourself. You don't really have to walk very quickly too. you know, just, uh, feel yourself in that present moment, experiencing where you are. And I, I think if you're going to go on a walk every day, you know, that's a great practice. Some people like to go lift weights. I prefer just keeping things light. I mean, it's good to stay strong. Um, but you know, if people are feeling like heaviness and some kind of trauma, then you just got to move your energy. You, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta move. If you listen yeah. to Paul, Paul check, he's a holistic health practitioner. Love Paul. It's like yeah. you gotta eat, move and be healthy. Yes. And I think today we talked a lot about being being embodied, being um, spiritually connected. Movement is crucial. Eat real foods. You know, if it comes in a box or a package, you know, think twice about it. Be able to pronounce all the ingredients, the less ingredients, better. And uh, yeah, I mean, just, you know, love everyone. Um, Even if it's challenging, just try your best. And, uh, you know, it's it's not always going to come back to you. But um, I think from that famous Beatles song, it's like the love you the love you make is equal and or the the love you take is equal to the love, love that you make. make. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's, uh, <laughs> go ahead and sum it up. Yeah. I remember that from the Chris Farley show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he totally butchered it. Mm. 
And uh, that, that song is the end, by the way. Yes. I think it's a great message to end on. <laughs> yes, totally, brother. Uh, well, thank you so much, Jake. Um, love having you on, brother. You're welcome back anytime. Um, definitely have to do some more collabs in the future. Um, if you just want to tell the listeners where they can find you and uh, what you got coming up in the future, if there's anything else you want to plug. Awesome, Andre. Thank you very much, man. Uh, you guys can find me on loco listens podcast on instagram and tiktok i'm i've been posting these short videos i started a little side business with with it so if you have a podcast or a brand and you want to promote your uh show or your 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 page you can reach out to me um i usually like to make little 60 second clips with music and art um that's on at loco listens instagram and tiktok um i'm also on telegram you can find uh, the local listeners community, the LLC. Okay. Uh, that's a fun place. You can drop some memes, just have a little fun. Um, and overall, yeah, I'm just happy to talk to anyone. If you want to come on the show, uh, I'd love to interview you soon, Andre. Um, okay, dude. And uh, I know we had discussed sharing the uh, audio in, in the video. So for people listening, uh, do you want to quickly plug your show and where can people find you? Yeah, totally. Um, you can find me anywhere podcasts are found, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all that good jazz at Ascension of the Chessmen. Um, that's M-E-N, not M-A-N. Um, but yeah, um, continuing to, uh, you know, book a lot of guests for the coming year. Um, I feel like there's a lot of big things on the horizon um excited for what this year is going to bring and uh yeah keep chugging along awesome i appreciate you bro it's been it's been really cool and i'm uh, looking forward to doing it again soon okay brother well thank you all for listening out there um i hope you gained something from this conversation i hope you found a moment of presence throughout it i send you all peace and love and i hope you all have a beautiful rest of the week thanks for listening. i hope peace AT&T Fiber presents a straightforward moment inspired by straightforward pricing. And now we just cube the pancetta as such. So what's on the menu tonight? This carbonara I found online is fire. You're going to love it, Mom. I hope you hold on to this AT&T Fiber, son. It's nice. Yeah, you should settle down now that you're a good gillionaire. Oh, I am. I finally found the one internet I've been looking for my whole life. So no more one-year stands. No, nah, I'm done with all that. With AT&T Fiber, there's no price increase at 12 months. Uh, what about equipment fees? Nerp. Those were never any good for you. Exactly. But now everything's completely straightforward. Well, in the spirit of being straightforward, I never liked any of your old ones. Me neither. Blah. Y'all never told me that. But we're being straightforward now, which feels good, yeah? Yeah. Now let's get straightforward about that girl he's been seeing. Straightforward is better. No equipment fees, no data caps, no price increase at 12 months. Live like a gagillionaire with AT&T Fiber. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details.